Hello everyone and welcome to the second episode of the True North Podcast. I'm your host Benedict Rhodes. This week, nominations for the Canadian Olympic team for Beijing 2022 wrapped up, ending with the men's hockey team. With no NHL players at this year's tournament, General Manager Shane Doan and Head Coach Claude Julien have picked a 25-man roster full of former NHL players, other seasoned veterans, and exciting young prospects. This episode of the podcast is all about this roster drop and previewing the men's hockey tournament in Beijing. Joining me is Luke Garrison of Full Press Hockey to discuss all that and more with the tournament rapidly approaching. I hope you enjoy. Very pleased now to be joined by Luke Garrison. Luke, how are you? Good. How are you, man? I'm doing well, thank you. Um, so as, as I kind of said at the top, this episode is all about the men's hockey roster announcement. Uh, for a few days ago, Canadian Olympic Committee and, and Hockey Canada named 25-man roster for Beijing 22. Uh, no NHL players, mostly coming from Europe and and uh, the AHL, OHL, and a few uh, university teams. Um, we'll get to the, the World Juniors guys in a second, but before we do, who are some of the you know Canadians are keeping an eye on in, in this tournament? Yeah, so, I mean, aside from World Juniors guys, I assume you mean, like, McTavish and Power. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely very interested, you know, as a, as a Leafs fan, to watch Joshua Sang. Um, you know, recently he had an injury. I believe it was a concussion, if I remember correctly. Um, but before that, in all season long, he's just been, like, ripping it up with the Marlies, scoring some highlight real goals. Um, you know, recently I know other, other NHL teams have come calling. And the Leafs have kind of let him entertain those offers, but obviously it would be a huge fail if the Leafs let him sign somewhere else. So, and why I bring all this up is because I think, you know, if he has a really, really good Olympics, like he's just going to push that ante even harder than he's already been pushing it. And the Leafs are just going to have to sign him, right? So, and uh, it'll just be fun to just watch him on the international stage. You know, obviously he's been through it. And I just like the idea of him, you know, kind of having a platform like the Olympics to kind of maybe get some retribution. Because, you know, nothing puts you back in people's good books like a big goal for the home country. So uh, I guess we'll see what he can manufacture there. And uh, the other player, actually, I was really interested in was uh, Devin Levi. You know, and a lot of people are familiar with him because of, you know, his 2021 World Juniors run. You know, they got silver, but obviously he had the, the best save percentage in history, beat Carey Price's record. And this guy just wins, like, MVPs and top goalies in every season, every league, like, everywhere he goes, right? Like, he's a seventh-round pick, but he's very high profile. So I don't really know how he slipped so late in the draft. A lot of teams are definitely kicking themselves. Um, so it'll be very interesting, you know, because I know, like, the other goalies are, like, Edward Pasqualier, and I can't even remember the other guy. No offense to him, but, you know, they're just kind of, like, they're not – they're not – Devin Levi's not really a brand name necessarily, but he definitely comes with, you know, a lot more background history than – and success on the international stage in the other two. So I assume he'll be the starter most games, um, you know, unless someone else gets really hot. Um, but yeah, you know, it'll, it'll definitely be interesting to kind of see him too, see how he does. You mentioned Levi, and, and you also mentioned uh, Owen Power and Mason McTavish off the top as well. Uh, with, with the NHL guys going, how, how exciting is it to, you know, see some of these guys who had to, to cancel the World Juniors have a chance to play for Canada? It's going to be very exciting. And, you know, it, this roster is kind of a treat. Because it's a mixture of has-beens, bargain-beens, and young guns, let's say. You know what I mean? Um, you know, obviously, you know, McTavish played in the NHL earlier this season. He was uh, he looked pretty good in his first few games. Obviously, got sent back for uh, development reasons, which will happen despite a hot start. Um, and, you know, power, obviously, he hasn't been in the NHL yet, but it's probably for the better because, you know, really, like, what – what playing games for Buffalo accomplished right now for his development, right? So uh, I think this will be awesome because not like how they're underrated, but 
you know, both are probably pretty pissed that the World Juniors were canceled, obviously. And so it's a chance to get back out there, get on the international stage, represent your country. And it'll just be exciting too, right? Because really they're like the two players on the team who have the highest upside and are the farthest away from reaching it. So could be a, somewhat of a coming out party for both or one of them. Um, yeah, you know, I just expect big things, especially from McTavish because, um, you know, he just has that nose for the net. And I think if there's going to be one thing that the Canadian offense might lack, it's like offensive creativity. So he'll be driving some plays. I assume he'll probably be on the top line, at least in the top six. And, um, yeah, it'll be very exciting to see what he can kind of do and how he helps others around him as well. And are you, are you hugely disappointed that there's no NHL players going? Because I know a lot of people do obviously want best-on-best best hockey, but at the same time, it, it does give an opportunity for maybe some guys that we haven't seen before or haven't seen in a while and, and kind of uh, give them a chance on that, on that stage. Yeah, no, that's a good point. You know, obviously, it's super disappointing, you know, especially when you look at guys like Bergeron or Stamkos, who, you know, this is their last kick at the can, really. They're not going to be around in four years, at least not at a level that is required for Olympic NHL players. Um, but, you know, what it does create is more parity, right? Because, you know, obviously there's countries that are in the lower tiers in terms of skill and international success. And they're just going to have more of their players, you know, like, for example, Austria. You know, a lot of their players are probably going to come from the Austrian league. You know what I mean? So really, you know, just maybe one or two Austrian NHLers that would make that team, but which would obviously help a lot. But, I mean, you're losing, like, two or three guys, and every other team is losing, like, what would be their whole team, like Canada or the U.S.? It just creates a window of opportunity, right? Not that I think Canada's going to go to the gold medal game against, like, Slovenia and crap the bed, but, you know, like it'll, 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 it'll give a chance for some teams who maybe wouldn't have had hope at even getting a win before and maybe, you know, get a win. So against, like, a big dog, you know, like maybe, like, you know, Austria, Austria takes down like Finland or something. You never know. So that could be a, it could be interesting to see what kind of upsets come from, you know, the, uh, the closer levels of skill than would be if NHL players were involved. And, and one name we haven't mentioned yet is, is Eric Stahl, right? Like Stanley Cup champion, Olympic champion, uh, yeah. a, thousand, a thousand games in the NHL, a thousand points in the NHL. And uh, he'll be an important player, of course. And I imagine you probably see him wearing, <clears throat> excuse me, wearing the C as well. Yeah, no, I, I agree with all of that. And, you know, it's this is a good opportunity for him, too. Um, you know, obviously, I don't think he's good enough for the NHL anymore. He hasn't really been for a couple of years. I mean, it's kind of unfair because, you know, his career dropped off from Minnesota when he went to Buffalo, then he went to Montreal. And obviously, Buffalo and Montreal aren't really places that are uh, that foster offensive numbers. So, you know, it could that could just be it. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't really know what Eric Stahl wanted, wants from his hockey future right now. Um, this is a good start, right? You know, especially if he has a good Olympics, he'll put himself on the radar of NHL teams. I know through like four games with the Iowa Wild since he signed that AHL contract like a week or two ago, he has two goals and five points. So, you know, clearly he can still get it done. And he might not be good enough for the NHL anymore, but he's definitely good enough to play at the Olympics with no NHL players. And who knows, right? I mean, like maybe a team can pick him up for a late run and he could be, because, you know, he was pretty valuable at points for the Canadians during last year's playoff run, um, even though, you know, after I think the first couple of rounds, he kind of maybe tired himself out. I don't remember seeing much of him after that against Vegas or Tampa, but yeah, you know, he definitely got done. I mean, he put up, he put up around like 50 points, like even just like three seasons ago, right? I mean, can't really go back four years, even three's a stretch. Four years ago, he had four goals or 40 goals, excuse me. So that's not, that's not the version we're going to see. Um, but yeah, you know, it's funny. It's crazy too that he's like, 
I think 37 years old when you know it's make me feel old but I remember when he was drafted you know like I'll never forget that first year where him and Crosby and Ovechkin all came out and like put up 100 points and I'm like oh the next wave's here you know what I mean like and now they're all like on the on the backswings of their careers so um but yeah you know I think I think um Eric Stahl where he'll be valuable too is um like I said before like offensive creativity like you have him and McTavish and power on like PP1 you know what I mean? I can see Stahl working the half boards, like making some stuff happen. He's very, he's very intelligent, right? He's a great playmaker. So, um, yeah, he'll definitely be a, a great fit on this team, even if he doesn't really play in the top six all the time. And like you said, he'll probably wear the C. So, and uh, you mentioned he's kind of angling himself here to try and get an NHL contract, or or maybe maybe at least an AHL contract. And and do you think that's that's a real possibility? You mentioned Josh Hosang as well, maybe trying to do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, right. Um, I mean, the one thing that these tournaments kind of do um, that's negative is that it kind of, like, overrates players, you know what I mean? Like, I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but I remember even in the past, you know, there's been a couple of players who have, like, a good world championship, and then next thing you know, they have, like, an NHL contract for the next season, or at least, like, an invite to camp, and then they go, and it's like, oh, yeah, just like we already knew, this guy, like, wasn't, you know, going to really make the team. He just kind of got that chance because of the Olympic spotlight, right? And I have no problem with that, you know, like, go, go, go make that money, go show people you deserve an NHL contract or an AHL contract. But, um, but yeah, you know, at, at the end of the day, I think, like, Josh Pacheng's a special case. Um, Eric Stahl, like, he, he, might, he might be able to sell himself to get picked up by an NHL or an AHL team. Like, well, I mean, I guess he's already with the Wild, but, yeah, you know, um, trade deadline is, you know, still a bit away, but down the stretch, people get injured, especially with COVID. You know, I think a lot of teams are going to need bodies, and if Stahl can have a good Olympics, like, you know, I don't think his chances are nearly as high of getting signed as Josh Hosang because Hosang seems, like, inevitably to get signed, whereas Stahl is, like, really will he? But I don't, I don't see why not, right? As long as he comes out and doesn't look, like, busted and old, like, you know, I think he'll be okay. I think somebody will sign up to minimum money, right? And, like, he'll fill somebody's third or fourth line. Um, you know, like, for example, I hate to say it as a Leafs fan, but, you know, I can really see Eric Stahl fitting well in, like, in Boston, you know, put him on the third line with, like, Charlie Coyle um, or something like that, right? So who knows? It'll be interesting to see what happens there. And uh, there's no NHL players, obviously, as you keep saying, but uh, one, the KHL obviously is producing a lot of players for this team. The Russian team won gold last time. Uh, Pavel Dasuk won his, his Olympic gold, finally. Um, then, yeah. then, uh, then this year, again, Russians expect to be probably the, probably the favorites, I'd imagine. Um, who jumps out at you from the other teams in this tournament as well? Yeah, you know, I think, I think like you like you said, um, you know, I think, like, the uh, is, is Russia participating or is it still Olympic athletes of Russia? Yeah, it's like Russian Olympic Committee. Same, same, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's something new. Okay, same thing. Yeah, <laughs> same, same difference. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I think Russia is always a threat. Um, I don't I don't know off my head who's on that roster, you know, but like, I mean, with like, you can get some people back, like, like a Datsuk or even like if, if like Kovalchuk comes to play or something. I mean, you know, Russia is just like, they definitely have by far the most high end options outside of the NHL. So I think with a, no NHL player tournament like this, like the, they have an edge in that respect. Um, and yeah, you know, like the, U, the U.S. too, they, they're always going to kind of be in the mix, right? I mean, they got Maddie Beneers and Jake Sanderson going, who are kind of like their version of McTavish and Power, you know what I mean? Also, Matthew Nyes, that Leafs prospect who's looking like he could be a real steal. Um, he's been playing really well lately. You know, what's funny is that I don't think they'll be successful per se, but the one team that really was kind of interesting to me was, uh, was China. 
you know, because they have, first of all, they have Jake Chelios, which people are very upset about, you know. And it's kind of funny. You wouldn't expect Chris Chelios' son would be suiting up for China at the Olympics. But, you know, I mean, we're in 2022. What haven't we seen at this point, right? Anything's possible. You know, they could find a kangaroo. I wouldn't be that surprised. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see what he does. Also, you know, they got players in their roster, like, like Ryan Sproul, Ethan Warrick. You know, these are guys who were picked in, like, I think they're both, like, second or third round picks, like, a few years back. So they kind of they kind of have some bargain bin players, too, right? I mean, I think every team does. But, yeah, there's, like, a few names in the Chinese roster where you look at it, you're like, oh, yeah, him. Like, I think they have, like, Brandon Yip, too. You know what I mean? Like, all these, like, guys who kind of yo-yoed between the NHL and the AHL for several years before kind of just making the move overseas. And to go back to, like, a showcase for, like, NHL teams to look like, that's – I mean, if they're ever going to make their way back to North America, like, what an opportunity, right? I mean, I don't know how many Kunlun Red Star games NHL scouts are getting in these days. But, you know, so this could really, you know, like, if either of them looks any bit good against any of the good teams especially, you know, like, why not? Like, because a lot of these guys, too, are, like, pretty good AHL players and they went over, right? But I guess at the end of the day, like – AHL salaries are kind of poop, and like if you're not, if you're like AHL dreams are kind of vanishing. I mean, it's a go overseas, right? You'll make a, a lot more money. You'll live somewhere cool. I mean, why not, right? Whenever you talk to NHLers who have done it, they always say like, "Oh, I love that I did it." You know, career worked out. It didn't work out in North America. That sucks, but you get to see something else. But at the same time, right? I mean, it's not like these kids woke up every day when they were six years old going to practice, being like, "I'm going to play in China." You know what I mean? Yeah. The yeah, NHL, <laughs> AHL ultimately is was their dream for a lot of them probably still is the dream, even though they're like, you know, getting up into like my age now, like late twenties. Um, and we know in sports, it's basically ancient. And so, <laughs> um, so yeah, it'll be, I'm very curious about China because it's like a mixture of like NHL bargain players and Chinese players. who I just don't know. Right. Frankly. So it'll be cool to kind of see, uh, cause I mean, hockey's grown so much in Asia over the last five to 10 years. So like, I don't think they'll be competitive, but like, it is cool that they have a team going to the Olympics. They have homegrown talent. They've infused these like has-beens from Canada who weren't even necessarily old. They just didn't really ever make it. And so like, I'm just very, I'm very curious to see how that all comes together. You know, the function of that team, like what lines they set up. You know, are they going to do all Canadian lines or like an all-American line with their imports? Or are they going to like mix it up? Like, I'm just, that's going to be fun to watch. I'm very excited to see what happens there. Yeah, that'll definitely be a, a unique situation. I remember like a couple months ago, we were talking about like, should they even be allowed to compete, right? Like, if they're going to lose to Canada 30 nothing in some games, right? Like, it's an NHL players, so uh, it'll be interesting yeah. to see how they how they compete against maybe a, a lower sort of tier, I guess, of, of players. Yeah, that'll, that'll be a heck of a game. Like, you know, like, you have, like, like China going at it with, like, Kazakhstan, or I've been, like, throwing all these random lower-tiered country hockey teams out all this long. <laughs> I don't even know who, if any of these teams are going to the Olympics, but you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> bring, bring back Nick Antropov. Yeah. <laughs> He's actually he's he's, uh, he's working with the Leafs as a development coach, so he's around. <laughs> Get him on the ice. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. Yes. Let's, let's, let's talk jerseys, right? Like I I I, yeah. I told you to pick a couple of jerseys from Can History. Sure. People people can't see this because it's an audio podcast, but I'll maybe yeah. post a, post a screenshot behind you. you have a Vancouver 2010 jersey on the wall. Uh, Brampton Battalion jersey as well. Love to see that as well. Um. <laughs> maybe. maybe uh. What, what do you think? Start off with the current jerseys. What do you think of, of the new design? They're not using the classic on Canada logo, using kind of a new uh, leaf. I just, the day those jerseys came out, I saw some like Shell gas station memes comparing the logos. I'm like, I just can't unsee it. And I, I, it's not even like I don't like them because of the Shell gas station memes. But um, I mean, if anybody's listening who's not in Canada, they probably have no idea what the heck Shell is. But um, <laughs> it's basically a Shell. That's the logo. It's pretty straightforward. 
and yeah i don't know it's just the logo is so strange it's like they went to like an interpretive artist to get it done or something you know what i mean like I, it's cool from like an artistic standpoint i guess it's, it's different it's you know it's it's it's, uh, it's edgy even but no, not really edgy it's not the word i'm looking for but like modern it's, uh, kind it's, of it's out there yeah i guess it's super super modern yeah so <laughs> I, don't, I don't know like he just he's there's so many great canadian jerseys that like i just don't understand why they would have gone in that direction like i hope i was kind of hoping they were gonna do like i mean i guess to get into it my favorite jersey of all time and i'm sure a lot of people will say this in terms of team canada jerseys is the 1972 summit series with the canadian flag coming out of the bottom i said it looks so sick and it's like why couldn't they have done like a rendition of that you know what i mean or even like more recently like my second favorite jersey is probably like the 2016 hockey canada jerseys you know with like the nike logo up here and then they got like they did in the hockey canada this looks like really official you know what i mean like just like when you envision like what an official hockey canada jersey would look like it's like the 2016 ones like come to mind in my opinion anyway and so i think i'd go seven series one 2016 to uh 2010 vancouver olympics i'd probably go three i don't even like the red the best even though i have the red like the white jerseys from that were like beautiful like those were great jerseys how yeah, about you that's the one i have number one is the white hockey canada jersey from 2010 nice, I, nice. Just, the history associated with it as well obviously the golden goals like in yeah. my opinion the greatest hockey moment i've ever seen certainly oh yeah never forget and uh, also, you know, you mentioned the 72 jerseys. People have been, been screaming for those remakes for, forever. And also 76 yeah. as well, the, the kind of diagonal Canada with the kind of diagonal leaf. Like, yeah, that's that right. Ages as well. I remember like one of the Canada Cups in the 80s, they did like, they did like kind of like a hybrid of that. They had the Canada like on like the one wing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I, like, I thought that was kind of quirky, but I liked it. I don't know. It's, I mean, I, anything is better than what we're, we're going to see this year. I guess that's all I can say. Yeah, everyone loves retros, right? Like the NHL had the yeah. whole reverse retro thing and, and everyone loves the throwback, right? So I, I think they probably should have one of this back. I don't hate the new ones, but uh, yeah. I, I do think they could have been maybe a lot better <laughs> yeah no i agreed i mean categories are categories there's like aspects of it i do like but i just yeah like i said just to me it just it's just like it's like they use the creativity of a white crayon to make that jersey <laughs> you know what i mean it's like someone like someone like half acid on a friday like i don't know it's just like they could have done so much more and that's like really mildly quip with it just, it just seems lazy and if it wasn't lazy i'm very sorry if the artist ever happens to listen to this so i'm not trying to poop on your design even though i am actively pooping on your design but uh you know <laughs> um before you let you go luke i have a few rapid fire questions there's no hesitation just right. to be the first answer that comes to mind all right let's do it uh first off will canada win a medal and what color will it be if so yes i think canada is definitely gonna win a medal um at minimum bronze uh i think if they don't medal that's a disaster i think even bronze is kind of a disaster like you know tournament like this even though you don't have like a mcdavid mccain cross the first lion like canada's like gotta be competitive you know what i mean like I th i'd say bronze minimum because like if they lose to like if like russia and us are like ahead of them that wouldn't necessarily surprise me even though it'd be super disappointing but i i think at minimum they get a bronze and i think it's way more likely to get a silver or a gold yeah i, I agree i think i think gold might be a lot of reach if, if the russian team shows up and, and plays the way they, the way they can with their all their stars yeah. but I, I, th I think silver bronze is definitely sort of the expectation mm -hmm. um number two who will be the mvp of this men's hockey tournament oh that's a great question um let's see i think i think it will be so I, it's, it's so tempting to say like mctavish or something right but like i don't know like hockey is so weird i think this tournament is going to be kind of weird and i just 
I think it's gonna be somebody so random. Like, if like for for Canada, like I think it will be like, uh, what's his name? Um, not a not stall, but the uh, the other wily vet on the team, Jake Demers. Yes, Jason Demers. <laughs> That's actually who I was thinking of. Yes, because like I think he can even like I think he, I think out of all the players in that roster, like besides the young guns, like I think he's like. You know, given the kind of role that he plays, I think he could definitely step back into an NHL lineup. Like he probably, you know, he, his likelihood is might be up there with Hosang if he gets a turn if he gets a good tournament because he's like a solid shutdown defenseman. Um, and yeah, those those solid stay at home types always seem to score big goals at random moments. You know what I mean? So like, let's go with him. That's my uh, that's my contrary and MVP prediction. Awesome, yeah. And obviously, like I'm 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 kind of assuming that Russia is going to be very good in this tournament, so. They're, they're yeah. KHL's leading scorer plays for them. Uh, Vadim Shipchayov. Sorry, oh, I forgot yeah, that wrong. Yeah. He played, played in the NHL with the Golden Knights, right? So NHL yeah, experience. He had, and... a, he, he, had a, he had a cup of dramatic coffee because <laughs> he had a bad training camp and they wanted to send him down for like literally a week to the AHL. He's like, no, bye. So <laughs> there's a bit of an ego thing there, but he is very he is very good. I mean, he's he never stopped killing the KHL, so he will be fun to watch. He's very he's very explosive. He's I like players like that. So. Uh, yeah, number three, who will be the surprise star for Canada? You kind of mentioned Jason Demers already, but uh, is anyone else who kind of catches your eye? Yeah. Oh, surprise star. That's a good question. Um, I kind of like David DeHarnay. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. Like, he like he did score some, like, some big goals for the Habs back in the day. And I've always just thought he was, like, super solid. You know what I mean? Like, he's very responsible. Um, and he just, like... He just does all the little things right, and like he just commits to all. He's like kind of like a student of the game. People like to say, you know what I mean? Like he, I feel like he really zones in on those finer details. Um, he's a smaller guy, and obviously he's kind of lost a step in his acceleration over the years. That can kind of hurt. But I mean, when you have a good hockey brain like he does, I think he'll just, you know, I think he'll be a very good facilitator in the middle. You, I can even imagine him on the power play in like a half wall kind of distribution role. So yeah, that's 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 who I'm gonna go with. I think I think he'll have a I think he'll have a good tournament. Yeah, I'm gonna go for Devin Levi. I think you know we mentioned he, nice. he's obviously if he starts and if he gets that, that chance to start, I think he have a huge tournament potentially. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Uh, next one is Eric Stahl a Hall of Famer, and if not, would a medal in Beijing change that case? Oh, that's a great question. Um, man, is he a Hall of Famer? I mean, like, you'd have to think so, right? I mean, like, I guess, let me put it like this. Like, I, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if he got in, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he didn't get in. You know what I mean? He's kind of like, I'd say he's a Hall of Fame bubble player. In terms of whether or not a medal, especially a gold medal, would sway that, I don't know. Just because there's no NHL players. So, I, even though, you know, a gold medal is a gold medal, regardless of what the rules and stipulations are, I don't know if that, like, necessarily moves the hall of fame needle conversation that's a very good question though honestly i really i wish i had like days to marinate that or i probably will still think about that afterward of this interview but yeah great question yeah i agree i think he's also on, on the kind of bubble I, i'd lean probably yes like you know thousand games thousand points like i i'd say probably True. yes but yeah yeah he said he's, he's probably on that kind of on the, on the fringes of just being just on the bubble of getting in yeah absolutely uh, finally, last one. What event other than hockey are you most looking forward to at these Olympics? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, for the Winter Olympics, I love I love the luge. I also love like the skeleton. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. Although I'm sure if you told that to either one of those <laughs> athletes, they would 
violently disagree but um yeah you know i just think it's like i think it's, like it's so fast-paced and i just have so much respect for like the daredevilness mixed with like the poise and the core strength to like, even pull off like getting through a track let alone at like a record time and it's just so crazy right because like it's like somebody will will be like beating every checkpoint by like fractions of a second and it'll get to the end somehow be like a second behind or like a half second behind and like i, I always i always like dax i always think it's like very very close and i also love the cross track snowboarding that's always fun you know with like four guys going at it like um i don't know it reminds me of like a tamer version of like red bull crash days <laughs> like you know what i mean like uh yeah so i definitely i always look forward to those those events in particular besides hockey how about you yeah, I agree. Skeletons kind of when I, I'm interested in, like you mentioned, like this, the tiny margins you have to be like absolutely perfect if you want to, to break records or, or finish those like, milliseconds ahead. So yeah. I, I think that, that's awesome too, especially when they tie for gold. Like in Canada, they had like, two bobsledders oh, yeah. tied in 2018. I think it was like, how do you how do you do that? Like such small margins. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> Dude, honestly, it's like it's like finding a, na- a needle on like an extra large haystack. Like, well, I would love to actually see like what the chances were of that. Like, that'd be a fraction. Oh yeah, tiny probably. Um, yeah. Uh, Luke, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, maybe tell people where they can find you and, and follow your work online. Yeah, thanks for having me. And ooh, awesome free uh, free media pump. I love that. <laughs> so on Twitter, I am at Luke Hockey, L U K E H O C K E Y. I only got to handle that plane because I made Twitter in grade ten for a school assignment <laughs> and then didn't touch it for seven years. So it was, it was an assignment for like, remember like civics and careers? It was, assi- it was an assignment for my careers class. It's like make up Twitter. It's like the new wave of social media. And like, we're all like Facebook and MSN, right? We're like, what the heck is Twitter? And then it's like, oh, it actually turned out to be pretty important. Um, so yeah, you can find me there. Uh, from there, you can pretty much find all my other socials. I'm pretty easy to find online generally. Um, and yeah, whenever I have new articles or anything like that I create, I post it there. Uh, so yeah, just I guess start by following me on Twitter, and then if you like what you see, you can uh, keep that follow train going. And you know, uh, hashtag follow back, right? That's probably hasn't been a thing for like seven years, but I will follow you back. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, uh, everyone, go go drop Luke a follow and check it out. And, and Luke, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, thanks. No, my pleasure, man. Anytime. Go Canada. Thank you again to Luke Garrison for being today's guest on the True North Podcast. If you like this and want to be the first person to listen to future episodes, as well as receive all new written stories right into your inbox, you can subscribe for free at truenorthsports.substack.com. You can also follow True North on Twitter at truenorth underscore sports and on Instagram at truenorthsport. My name is Benedict Rhodes and thank you for listening to this episode and I'll see you next time.